Hello. <laughs> intimidating microphone. So who do we have here? Who's who's all here? One from everybody uh, on the uh, party show. Yeah. One. We're with the uh, 88.3 WMTS to college radio station. Oh, cool. Okay. And, and we're uh, trying to just get some stuff for that in the college TV station too, called MT10. So, oh, cool. So. A, a radio brethren. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see you here. Well, uh, who wants to start? Uh, first of all, thank you for attending GMX. We appreciate you having here and uh, taking the time to speak with us. What are some projects that you're working on that you're able to talk about right now, if any? It's, well, there are several, but then I'd have to kill everybody in the room. Okay. And it since was, he's the chief, he can do this. <laughs> that would make for, for a short meeting. First of all, who are you with? Uh, my name is John. I'm with the Chainsaw Buffet Podcast. We do video games, anime, pop culture, that okay. sort of thing. Um, well, we're, as you, I'm sure, know, we're sort of in between halos at the moment. Um, and there's very little I can tell you about uh, Halo 5, quite frankly, because I know very little about it. Uh, I'm sort of on a need-to-know basis with, with uh, 343, and right now I don't need to know. <laughs> so, uh, but you, you know, most of, the, uh, most of what I know, you know. Uh, of course, there's a new Xbox uh, uh, coming out, Xbox One. And I gotta believe that uh, there'll be a halo to follow, uh, but we're not working on anything. I'm not working on anything with them at the moment. Um, they'll, I'm pretty sure there'll be something coming in the in the near future, but uh, at, at the moment, I'm not working on anything with them. Uh, I, as I think you know, I do a radio show in Chicago uh, on a station called The Drive, we're a classic rock station, and that's my day job, uh, which I do five days a week. And I do the morning show there, and that occupies uh, you know quite a bit of my time. That and cons like this, so there's a lot of that going on. But uh, other than that, and and I do uh, commercial voiceover, and so that's sort of an ongoing uh, concern. But uh, the, but those are that's pretty much my my life on a day to day basis. Sorry, I don't have more information on that. But they, they, like I said, I'm on a need-to-know basis, and they keep me out of the loop, so I, I can't accidentally t say something that they would prefer I wouldn't say at this moment. So, yeah. Hi, I'm uh, Richie from the Fairy Tale Podcast. I'm the one that dropped the card right there. Oh, Richie? So, okay, cool. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask about were what are some of the differences in the character when you were going from like the earlier trilogy from Halo to 4? Because I know it was a much more personal story with yeah. the fourth game. So what were some of the more subtle uh, ways that you kind of changed the character to make it a little more personal? Well, it was um, going into Halo 4. It, it, first of all, it was, it was really exciting for me uh, where they took the character. I, it's what, as, as we developed through the series, it, it's what I always hoped would happen, is that... Um, you know, there's a there's a a bigger story uh, with Master Chief than what was being told in the games, and each game it got a little bigger. But but you know, it was still you know he was still the man of few words, and and the relationship uh, between he and Cortana was uh, was one that you sort of had to use your imagination with. Well, with Halo Four, uh, when three four three took it over, uh, I, they made it uh, apparent to me early on that that we were going to develop that story. And uh, it be, the whole process was different for me. Um, when we did the first three games and then the, the little stuff that I did on Reach, um, 
you know, I worked at a studio in Chicago. You know, it was a very uh, sort of isolating experience, as most voiceover is. I mean, you walk into a little booth, you know, the size of a phone booth, and do your lines, and and you know, somebody will say, "That's great, do it again," and uh, and and that's the, the sort of the experience of it. Well, with Halo Four, it was a completely different thing. It was the first time I ever got a script in advance. Um, most of the time, I'd get the script the day I went in to do the reads. Uh, this time, because the story was going to be more involved, uh, it was going to require more from me from an emotional standpoint. And so the only way that could really work is A, for me to be in touch with the writers, you know, early on, and B, for Jen Taylor and I to work together, which we had never done. I had never met Jen until about two years ago. Um, <laughs> We met at the, the 10th anniversary of, of Halo Combat Evolved, uh, the big Halo Fest up in Seattle. That's the first time we'd ever laid eyes on each other. Uh, since then, we've become good friends, and, 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 uh, and you know, it's been a great relationship. But for us to be able to really do what was going to be required with Halo 4, we really needed to be together in the same room, doing it at the same time. And uh, so that was uh, just a very exciting experience for me to do it that way. And it was very emotional. Uh, there were times, uh, uh, you know, the big scene at the end where she dies. Uh-oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> it's okay. I understand. <laughs> um, uh, that was a very emotional scene for me to do. Uh, and um, I remember when we did it, they had... You know, you have, on the other side of the glass, you have the, the, the director, you have the producer, you have a couple of writers, you know, some other people from 343, and then Jen and I in, in the sound booth. And I asked that, that uh, and then they had some people filming. Uh, there's a, there's a uh, sort of a making of video that's out there that, that, that shows us in the room recording our lines. And I asked that all those people leave and that we just have a minimal amount of people in, 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 the, uh, in, in the studio at the time because you know, I, I was going to have to pull some things out that, that were not necessarily comfortable, which was the whole idea. Uh, and that was what Master Chief was going through, is that he was touching some emotions that he either didn't know he ha had or was not comfortable showing. So for me to be able to, to you know, try to do that in a, in a true way, um, you know, it, it required, uh, you know, sort of opening up in a way that, that was not necessarily comfortable, and, and which was the whole point. And hopefully that came across in the game, that that, that was what we were trying to go for. So <clears throat> that's really what, it, it, you know, it, it was, you know, in, in, in the first three games, you know, emotion didn't really figure into it uh, with him, but in the last game, it, it did in a big way. And I'm guessing that it's going to proceed further in that direction as we get into Halo 5. And, I and definitely game. felt that in 4 there was more of a kind of back and forth dialogue yeah. going on in the game than there were in previous. Yeah, and the only way to really do that well, I mean, you can do it separately, and it's done all the time, but, but I appreciated the fact that. Uh, that we were able to be there together and to be with the writers as well and you know because sometimes scripts get changed on the fly and uh, uh, you know so the only real practical way to do that is to have the guy who's writing it be there with you and he watches it unfold and they realize well certain things worked and certain things didn't work so you need to make changes and and it, it was just more expedient to be able to do that when we're all together in the room doing it at the same time. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. Uh, Matt Kelsey, Zombies on my blog, cover a lot of video games, conventions, things cool. like that. Um, so other than story-wise, uh, which is obviously different from the, the original trilogy and going forward, right. what other kind of changes <clears throat> differences have you noticed um, that we may not know about going from Bungie to 343? Mm. Well... <clears throat> You know, uh, I, I get asked that a lot, and and um, look, if it wasn't for Bungie, I wouldn't be sitting here in front of you, uh, and particularly Marty O'Donnell, who is the one who cast the voices in the in the first place and wrote all the music and everything, and he was my uh, contact when we first started. Bungie was still located in Chicago, where I'm at, and and so my I owe a debt of gratitude to him and to the entire Bungie crew that, that uh, I, I could not possibly repay. Um, having said that, uh, you know, obviously Bungie got to a point where they wanted to move on, and that's why they, they, they left Halo behind and, you know, have moved on. Uh, so you're working with an entirely new crew at that point, and, and you're, a, you're, you're forging new relationships. Um, what put me at ease right away was that these people have a passion for the game that goes beyond the the financial implications of it. Um, you know, obviously Halo's a moneymaker. <laughs> I think that's that's pretty obvious. But the to, if in my opinion the reason why it's a moneymaker is because with both Bungie and 343 is that the people who are, you know, sort of um, uh, caretakers of the of the franchise have a love for it that goes beyond its its commercial success, and that was comforting to me because you know you could run into a situation where you know you know all of a sudden you start seeing Master Chief on the back of cereal boxes and you know uh, you know there's not there, there's not a real concern for the franchise uh, going forward. And uh, what became obvious to me from the very beginning with every single person that I was either working with directly or you know, had, a, had a major influence in the outcome of, of, of Halo, had a love for it. Uh, I mean, these guys are all gamers. They're all into it. I mean, the, they would be doing this whether they were getting paid for it or not. So that makes my job that much easier because there's a trust there. And once we established uh, you know, once they trusted me and, and I trusted them, you know, the rest of it became easy, uh, you, you know, to, to, to move forward. So that, that, that's, that was, you know, sort of, I, I sort of had my antenna up with that right away. And I'm sure they did with me. I mean, you know, we sort of, you know, it's kind of like a, a new relationship. You know, you sort of, you, you do this little dance to see, you know, okay, can we work with this guy and can I work with these people? And it, it became, you know, uh, apparent fairly quickly that we were going to do well together. And I think the results speak for themselves. So, you know, it was, it was pretty cool. The first three was kind of more silent, but strong as silent. And now it's... Yeah. Were you ever hesitant with all the dialogue and all the situations? With no, the I, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait. I mean, that's that's really what, you know, it's like I said before, that's where I personally envisioned this going. Um, I think, you know, if you had kept it the way it was, it would have gotten stale. I mean, you know, you can only go so far with, you know, uh, you know, I need a weapon. <laughs> There's, it's like, okay, and what else you got? So uh, uh, it's it's it, to me, it was an obvious step. But you know, you never know, especially with a new 
a new group coming in and taking it over. Um, so it, it was just it was exciting for me as a as an actor. It's it's you know what actor doesn't want more lines, <laughs> you know? But but it, but it all it's not about quantity. It's about quality and. Uh, so, you know, that was the part that, that just, it, it became exciting to me. And we would have long sessions. When, when I would do uh, Halo 1, 2, and 3, you know, maximum uh, uh, it was a two-day job. And, you know, and I'm talking about maybe a couple hours a day, and then you'd come back the next day and maybe there'd be some fixes or rewrites or whatever. And then maybe it might have a third day of, of, of what I call the death sessions where you know the people who play the game when they screw up <laughs> and master chief gets killed you gotta have a noise for that <laughs> so uh so we would do a couple hours of me just screaming and dying and killing and maiming and being injured and injuring other people and it was you know that that was it, it was a bit grueling uh when we went in to do halo 4 uh, we were doing eight hour a day sessions which is somewhat unheard of in voiceover uh, but we would go, literally be in there all day long for three or four days. Then I'd come back in a month, and we'd do another three or four days, and then there'd be pickups, you know, along the way. Uh, and the clock's ticking the whole time, you know. The, you know, when they, I remember the day I went in to do a session, and they had actually announced the release date. And so now it's like, and once that's out, it's like that game's coming out, goddammit, it! <laughs> it's coming out that day, and uh, and so you know you, the you know the pressure was on to get it done and get it done right. So um, uh, yeah, to be able to uh, uh, you know flesh him out that way was was just a tremendous uh, experience and and one I hope to uh, to uh, you know expand upon here in, uh, in the not too distant future. Yes. I'm uh, Charlie with also the Chainsaw Buffet podcast, mm -hmm. and I was just wondering, whether it be uh, radio or voiceover, what was the sort of decision process, the experiences that led you to decide to to do voice work mm. for your for a living? That's, uh, you know, it, it, well, my, two things. You know, growing up, I was you know I was just a, a, a music junkie. I, I just I loved rock and roll from the time you know the Beatles came out, and 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 you know wanted to you know figure out some way to stay close to that. And so when I was in school, when I was in college, um, I was I played in a band. I played drums in the band, and, and we were getting fairly good at the time. You know. Uh, and and it was getting to the point where we were going to have to make a decision about you know what we were going you know if we were going to pursue this you know seriously i.e. quit school go on the road you know blah 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 and some you know you know that's what my heart wanted to do but fortunately my you know there was a little guy here saying dude you're gonna make your living as a drummer <laughs> in a rock and roll band. You know, uh, uh, you know, it just the you know the the pitfalls were too numerous to mention, and so I I shifted. You know, the band broke up. You know, we shifted gears, and I got into radio at the college station. And and my goal really was I wanted to be a record producer. And I thought, that, well, okay, well, radio might be a nice entree into that. You know, and it allowed me to stay close to what my first love was, which was the music. So. Um, you know, I got into radio with the intention of moving on eventually into, you know, some sort of record production. Well, I got stuck, you know, my ego was, you know, just <laughs> just having too much fun doing the radio thing. And and I stayed with it, and I've been doing it ever since. And from that, um, 
voiceover oftentimes can be a natural extension of that. Uh, when I was out in L.A., I uh, started uh, actually producing uh, uh, commercials for concert promoters and for record companies for their new releases and stuff like that. And I would do the whole production part of it and voice it. And so that was a lot of fun, but it was a little limiting. And uh, I got more and more attracted. I got better at the voiceover than I was at the producing part. <laughs> you know? So... Uh, I got an agent and, and started doing uh, 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 commercial voiceover in L.A. And then moved to Chicago in 97, continued that. And, uh, you know, of course, the fortuitous thing was that Bungie happened to be there and Marty was a fan of mine from the radio, which is how he knew I was around and he thought I might have the right uh, voice for this character that they were developing. And, and, and that's where that happened. So it, it's sort of this... You know, I often tell people, you know, you, you, it's funny how life takes turns that you don't expect. And to say that I did not expect this would be an understatement. <laughs> you know, I had no idea what, where this was going to lead. Uh, and, uh, but, but you never know. And it's like, you know, it's like my agent says, never take yourself out of the game. You know, you always stay in the game because you never know where it's going to take you. And, and this was... You know, this unbelievable thing that started from a little, you know, I get a call from my agent, show up here, you know, it's a video game, a what? <laughs> I mean, back for me, it was, you know, I was like, okay, it was a job, I did the job, it was fun, and moved on. And, um, you know, six months later, uh, you know, I'm visiting a friend down in Florida, and, and, and I had completely forgotten about the, the session. I mean, you, you do sessions all the time, and... And, uh, you know, the one thing about commercial voiceover is you know whether or not what you did was a success. There's a direct correlation between that and getting checks in the mail. You know, if you get checks in the mail, it was a success. If you didn't, it wasn't. Well, with video games, it's different because there's no residuals. So you, you, you do the job, you get paid for the job, and that's the end of your relationship, theoretically, with, with that job. Um, so I'm down at this, uh, visiting a friend down in Palm Beach, and, and uh, I walked through his, his house one morning, and his kids are playing Halo, and I stopped, and I said, you know, I, I think I voiced a character in that game. And these kids, up until that moment, were completely unimpressed with anything that I had done in my life up to that point. You know, my friend says, you know, you know Steve's on the radio in, uh, in Chicago. Yeah, he has a big radio show, and they're <laughs> you know, he's completely bored. And, you know, occasionally you'll hear his voice on, on TV commercials, and they were unimpressed, would not even come close to describing it. Well, when I said I, I think I voiced a character on this game, they stopped and, what? Who? And I had actually forgotten his name. <laughs> I, I, it had been that long ago. And like I said, these jobs come and go, and you don't, you don't live with them. It's always you're on to the next thing. And I said, I don't know, I don't remember his name, but I think he was the main guy. And they said, Master Chief? Yeah, it was Master Chief. Well, literally within 15 minutes, there was probably 30 or 40 kids from the neighborhood outside this guy's door, every one of them holding a copy of the game or an Xbox or something, wanted me to sign it. And I was, <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. We went down to a GameStop, and they had a, a life-size cutout of Master Chief in the door. And, you know, that was, you know, and I grabbed the game and I looked up, turned it over, and I was on the credits. I, said, yeah, I guess I did do that. And it, there's my name right there. It says I did it. And, uh, and, and that was it. I mean, it just, and it was off to the races at that point. And, and uh, 
it, it was a life-altering, what that little job uh, turned out to be a life-altering, you know, experience. And uh, that was, what, 12 years ago, 2001. Uh, so, uh, it, you know, you just never know where things are going to take you. And, uh, and it's been a wild ride, but it's been fantastic and continues to go. So, yeah. Yeah. My first experience with Halo was, uh, I would, God, I was in the military at the time mm -hmm. when, when we first started playing and uh, we were pulling a, a shift at CQ and my friend rolled out the big TV. He's like, you gotta play this game, you gotta play this game. So I was actually kind of wondering how many uh, military mm -hmm. service members have actually come up to you and been like, you have no idea oh, a lot. of our lives that a lot. saved because we would have gone nuts. Yeah, no, that's very cool. And that's that's a very satisfying thing for me personally. I, I got a, a, a guy contacted me who was in Iraq at the time and was telling me, you know, a story very similar to the one you're telling me that, that and, and, you know, how they, you know, this is what, how, how they, you know, kept their sanity is, is, you know, playing Halo. And they had on a wall, there was a, mur a mural on a building and it was a huge scene from the game with, with Master Chief, you know, and they, you know, I mean, as big as this wall behind me. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff is, you know, and I sent them a bunch of stuff and some autographs and all that, but uh, that's, I mean, because these guys are doing it for real. I mean, you guys are, you know, I'm playing a game. That's not a game over there. And, uh, and uh, to, to, to think that you have, can bring these guys, you know, some moment of, of distraction, if nothing else, is, is beyond rewarding. Um, the other thing I hear a lot is... Uh, Guys who will say, uh, and women occasionally, uh, who will say, you're, they'll say either two things. You're the reason I got through college, or you're the reason I didn't get through college. <laughs> it's, uh, it's uh, you know, the stories, you know, that, and, and I think that's uh, the, the joy of coming to conventions. I, I had, for years, turned down going to cons because uh, I didn't know that I had anything to contribute. Um, I don't play the game. I'm not a gamer. Uh, I've tried. But, you know, when you get your ass kicked by 11-year-olds, after a while, you know, maybe this isn't for me. And I just saw it from a, from a gaming standpoint. I didn't think I had anything to contribute. Uh, and so I would, I would turn down these uh, offers uh, all the time. And then one time a guy called and he wanted me to come down to a store opening in Fort Lauderdale. And it was November in Chicago. He's offered me a free plane ticket down to Fort Lauderdale. I'm like, oh, okay, what the hell? <laughs> and that was my introduction into this world. Mm -hmm. And and uh, you know, what you I, I end up talking to a lot of people who who tell me stories similar to yours and and others about about how um, you know important it was to them and how important the the story is. And I think. Um, not to sort of shift gears here, but but my own belief is uh, that the one of the reasons why Halo is as successful as it is is because of the story. Mm. There's a lot of great games out there, and there are there are uh, games out there that are just as impressive, technically, uh, visually, uh, you know what you can do as a gamer. There's there, you know Halo is not necessarily, in, in my opinion, unique in that area. Where it is unique is that behind all that, behind all the shooter part of it, is a story. And it's a continuing story 
uh, and and this I credit you know to to the Bungie guys and now to the 343 guys who have kept this story intact and 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 in you know involved and evolved and uh, you know that's what makes it in my opinion unique in in the video game world is is that they have been able to weave a story and you know what other video game has you know books and and graphic novels and comic books and all these other ancillary things beyond just the game you know that has to be there because there is a story to tell and people get into the story and so you know that's what what impresses me is um, that's what keeps people attached to it and and so when I meet people that that uh, you know that, that that have a real attachment to to my character or to Cortana or 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 to the game in general. That's what they're connecting with, and that's what makes video games, uh, you know, this unique experience. You know, when I grow grew up, uh, you know, we, you know, that didn't exist, and so you you could live your fantasies through. You know, films and and TV shows and the superheroes of of those days, but but you couldn't control them. You know, now you know with with you know the way things have gone, you know you have an active role in in what happens to these characters, and I think that that draws the participant in in a way that was not available twenty years ago or twenty five years ago, and um, and so that's it's good because I run into people who are just seriously really attached to it, much more than just wow, it's a really cool game. It's it's deeper than that, and at first I couldn't figure. Well, why, you know, why is it so deep? And I think it's because a there's a story going on here that's a very involved story, and b you are an active participant in how that story develops. And um, I mean, to be a part of that, to have some minor part in that whole story is is just awesome. And it took me a while to get it, but I but I think I get it now. So. All right, uh, Steve, I, I'm going to cut these guys short because we have a few people that mm. have some specific things. Okay. So for those of you that are doing the public thing, if you want to grab your recorders or if you want to listen to Disaster Peace Theater, they were one of my first ones to ask to sit with you specifically, individually, because sure. they have a very specific podcast that I think you guys uh, want to go ahead and come on up sure. and see if, if we can get the front row to back out just a second. Cool. Can I ask one more, one more question? Oh, thanks. <laughs> What's your social media and where are we mm-hmm. doing any, any future conventions? Uh, yeah, I'm on Facebook and Twitter, and uh, my next one is uh, SACCon in Sacramento in January. Okay. I need right. to sync the ending now. <laughs>